0: Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about the house, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the house app. Amen, amen. Amen. We're glad that you're here. After we're done, uh, we have some popsicles outside. uh, And so, uh, listen, we're trying to be fresh in here, fresh out there. Uh, uh, Y'all know that this last week, it, it got a little hotter, right? Anybody working outside? Uh, anybody glad the air is on? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Um, we all want a country where its people are safe and confident. All of us. Continuing to give our pledge is a constant reminder listen, of the part that we play. We play a part. Life happens, hardships, troubles. And each of us have moments where we have to be called up to actively take responsibility. As we continue through our summers, uh, summer through Philippians, we are starting in Philippians chapter three and Paul wants the church to be safe and confident. Everybody say safe. safe. Everybody say confident. confident. That is what Paul is looking to build a church not full of drama and dramatic people but people who their faith is not shattered because of their circumstances. We are going to read Paul and he has an overcoaching, oh, overtone of coaching. I don't know if you've ever been coached in your life but, but if you haven't ever been coached in your life sometimes the coach is not sweet. Anybody ever have an image of a red-faced coach? Veins popping out. Yelling. Screaming. Do the lap. Go to the hole. Get open. That's your man. Paul is going to help us and he's going to coach us up. Because he is wanting us to be careful. And here's the three things that he wants us to be careful as we jump into this. He wants us to watch out for certain people. He wants us to uh, be mindful of not being self-sufficient. And he wants us to make sure that we are not confident in other things. And it's so easy for us to be confident in other things. My assignment today is safe and confident. Come on, Philippians chapter 3 verse 1 through 4 says, Finally, my brothers... Finally, come on, family. Rejoice in the Lord. Write, I, to write the same things to you is no trouble for me. Actually, it is safe for you. Come on, everybody say safe. safe. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcised who worship by the Spirit of God and the glory in Christ Jesus, and we put no confidence in the flesh. Today we're going to unpack three thoughts that will help us stay safe and confident. The first one is this we've got to focus on Jesus. Paul comes out the gate and says, Listen, as a, as a church, we've got to focus on Jesus because there are so many distractions that are yelling for our attention. I love that Paul starts out this letter. By saying the word brothers as if he is trying to depict this idea that because of Jesus we are all family. See in, a, in our world the concept of the world is run by the enemy. And the enemy always brings division. It's been like that since the beginning of time. He tried to divide actually he did divide God from Adam and Eve brother from brother at the very beginning the first family come on there was no MTV there was no TikTok come on there was no dirty dirty you know what I'm saying there was no dirty gas station at the end of the block you hear know what I'm saying there was no pimp in the garden there was no but division came in and one brother killed the other brother. And from that time to this time, he is, his tactic has always been division. Only under the kingdom can you find unity. That I'm not talking about uniformity. I'm talking about unity. Only under the kingdom can you really find that. Because everybody will say that, come on, we're brothers, we're family, whatever. But they mean right now. Oh yeah, we know we family right now. Come on, anybody experience that? Oh yeah, we're we're family right now. But Paul is like, hey, I had not even been over there in a while. It's been a long time since I've seen you. Let me write this letter. We're family. And so here's this idea. is that it helps us understand that because of the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we are all welcomed into the household of God. We might not uh, get personal moments with everybody that we want to, but... I love the fact that God, come on, has a big family. Uh, and, And not only that, but there is a personal tone that he is saying that I'm writing this to you because of Jesus. So let's get to the first coaching moment. The first coaching moment is he tells the family, rejoice. So let me tell you, family, rejoice. Oh my gosh, I just need some deeper revelation pastor I just feel like it's a a very watered down church Paul says rejoice Paul is focused and he's reminding the church that not to allow problems and circumstances to get in the way of the joy come on that is set before you basically he is saying listen I have to remind you to come up higher and to think more clearly come on someone say rejoice rejoice you can focus on yourself. You 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 can focus on maximizing all of your inconveniences. Come on, <sighs> come on. You sighing so much it looks like you have asthma. It's <sighs> like I really do have asthma. <sighs> Paul is trying to focus the church on look to Jesus. This means that, come on, let me go old school. That means that there are no Eeyore Christians. Eeyore Christian. Nobody likes me. Nobody listens to me. Nobody wants me around. Nobody invites me to their home. Nobody. Nobody. rejoice stop focusing on yourself and every situation and all the 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 stuff that's happening to you I'm not minimizing what you're going through I'm maximizing Jesus I'm not saying that the stuff isn't real I'm saying that if you don't watch out you will live under it your whole life you're a Christian but you have no joy you're a Christian but you don't smile you're a Christian but you gossip you're a Christian but you're under it you're a Christian but everything is unfair a Christian, but come on, where in the Bible does it say, I, I am the Lord of fairness? the actuality is I will help you overcome and I will set tables before your enemy and there will be things that happen to you that you can't explain that other people can't explain and that are absolutely not fair but if my hand is on you and your heart is with me I will move you into places come on somebody that were not set before you come on some of you have jobs and no degree you're making more than what you ever thought you would make. Some of you, you're, you're raising your kids totally different than the way you were brought up. Come on. Focus on Jesus. We need to know that not everything is a big deal. Come, someone needs to hear that today. You just got set free. Not everything is a big deal. Oh my God, they didn't text me back. I, they hate me. you losing it over a text can't even concentrate taking Pepto at night because you got an email from the boss. <laughs> it's over. It's over. What? Come on. The world isn't ending tomorrow. Stop. We, we don't have no chicken little. The sky is falling. ISIS, Russia. America ah. It's just just take out the name and put someone else in, take out a name and put someone else in. But if you're gonna allow your joy to be stolen, it's gonna be stolen. If the world ends tomorrow and you're a believer, guess what? You've got heaven. You got heaven. Come on, has anybody ever wanted to like walk on some streets of gold? Come on. Streets of gold? That's why I need some transformation because about 20 years ago, (laughs) listen, heaven is waiting. Uh, Someone here needs to know that Jesus is still on the throne and and, you are gonna have to learn how to rejoice and your happiness and your joy cannot come from circumstantial things. Paul goes on to say that I'm writing to you because this ain't trouble for me it's safe for you like I'm not mad I'm not mad that I have to repeat myself. Come on, parents. I'm not mad that I have to be consistent. I'm not mad that I'm the adult in the room. I'm not mad that I can't lose it over normal things. I'm going to, can I just tell you that we are in a world that has itching for, I just, I'm just going to go where, where, I'm just going to go where the cloud goes. I'm just going to go where the revelation is. I'm just going to go. And so you here for, here, here for a year, here for a year, here for a year, here for a year, here for a year. You know a lot, but you hadn't done nothing. Come on. The Bible doesn't say that we are, are, are going to be evaluated by the revelations that we have. It says that we will be evaluated by the fruit that we plant and that remains in our life. And so I don't know about you. Maybe we all live in apartments. Maybe we all live in houses. Maybe it's been a while since you've been on a farm. But the re- I just need you to know farms are different than grocery stores. And so God didn't call you to go shopping. I just take a little bit of that revelation. I like that cereal. God said, I want to plant some stuff in your life. And I want you to grow it. And I want you to be consistent enough. And Paul said, it's not a problem for me to say the same thing over and over again. So here's, let me lean into this a little bit more for all of uh, uh, my small group leaders and life group leaders and staff and pastors and leaders if you're a good leader and you're a good teacher and a good coach and a good pastor you won't just teach new concepts but you'll also remind people of the fundamentals it is interesting that, that in, uh, when the NBA starts all over again they do fundamental, fundamental things that they would do in 7th grade basketball some of us are so attracted to information that we're putting information, come on, over Jesus. We want to move away from consistency and we'd rather have consumption. And God is saying, actually, you know what? I want to plant some deep things in your life. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10 through 13 says this. Therefore, brothers, come on, there, you see the theme? We just talked about Paul and now we're in Peter. And so there's this family Vibe. That's why when you come to church, we're not acting like we don't know you. And we realize that we don't know every one of you. But still, everybody's worthy of a little high five, a little chest bump. Come on, good game. What's up, fam? This is it. And so you've got to get comfortable under the kingdom that because of what God's done, guess what? We're family. And I'm so glad you're doing your part and I'm so glad I'm doing my part. I'm so glad you're working with children. I'm working in business. I'm so glad you're working in the ministry. I'm working over here in the hospital. I'm so glad you're doing this. Come on, we're family and we're all doing, come on, our part to, pl- to play. Look at this. Be all the more diligent to confirm the calling and election. In other words, you were chosen. For if you're patient, if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, I always am going to remind you. (laughs) I always intend to remind you of these qualities. Though you know them, though you know them. Come on, hear what I'm saying? Don't sleep through church. Though you know them. I already know this. Though you know them. I'm going to keep reminding you. Look at this. And I'm going to stir it up, and I'm going to remind you all the way to the end. That's basically what he's saying. There are some lessons that we need to hear again and again and again. And Paul is saying that we need reminders. And and as I was, uh, this week, I was putting together a piece of furniture. And I just got to tell you this. Uh, I'm good with my mouth. Uh, I'm a good talker. But, you know, I'm, I start getting that Allen wrench. And <laughs> righty-tighty, righty <laughs> And uh, I started this project, and my wife was like, oh, you know how you, how, just everybody who's married, you know how your wife, like, starts praising you because you started? And she's like, oh, I'm so glad you're finally doing that. And I'm like, yeah, girl. <laughs> then I got stuck. And so it was the next day, and she was oh, you almost finished? <laughs> I know what that meant. So it was really nice, but I knew what that meant that meant you still working on this and i was like I, I, I had to tear down this thing three times and so finally my wife walks in and goes man it's going to be nice when this is done <laughs> and i was like all right fine so i started reading the instructions <laughs> come on if all else fails read some of you, you know, I, I was a C D student and I'm, I'm, good, I'm good with that I, I read later uh, but 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 it was crazy when I started to dive into the instruction I knew where I was wrong and I had to back up I had to redo it and put it in come on you know what I'm saying There are some things that God wants to instruct you on that you just have to be reminded about. And church, if you're going to stay safe, you're going to have to come into church and there are four things that happen when you sit under the word. You are reminded, there is revelation, you repent, and you rebuild. And so I don't know what Sunday you're in. You may go to four Sundays and you were just reminded and reminded and reminded and reminded. And the fifth Sunday, it's revelation. And all of a sudden, your marriage is different. All of a sudden, you're convicted about something. All of a sudden, you come to the altar or something happens and you start to repent. Then you start to rebuild what you thought you already knew, but you actually apply it to your life. And I just want you to know that you have to continue. So God is always doing something when you're... He is reminding you. He's giving you revelation. He's asking you to repent or he's asking you to rebuild. To be safe and confident, Paul challenges the church to focus on Jesus. Don't be distracted by the dogs. Don't be distracted by the evildoers. Don't be distracted by those who mutilate. Come on, listen, the flesh. Paul is writing about disruptive Judaizing teachers. Let's talk about this. He wanted those They wanted those who came to Christ to focus on the law of Moses, ordinances, and systems of worship. Their focus was more external tradition than internal transformation. Their master, come on, listen, was the law. And this is why Jesus called the Pharisees whitewashed tombs. Because they looked good on the outside, come on, but they were dead on the inside. Everything they practiced was in the old covenant was to point them to jesus paul is saying the new has come what we've been trying to live for is actually here old things have passed away all things have become new we don't need a physical circumcision we have a spiritual come on circumcision because of jesus we're under the new covenant come on give him some praise Hebrews 10 chapter 9 through 23 says this Therefore brothers family since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus and by the living and by the new and living way that he opened it up for us through the curtain which was torn that That is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with true hearts and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water and let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for who promised is faithful. In other words, guess what? This new covenant changes the game. So you're going to have to watch out for certain people that break your worship because they, they they want you to think about tradition uh, law uh, new other other things that they think that you should be diving into and Paul is saying listen worship God focus on Jesus give him the highest praise our worship comes from a surrendered heart why do you think that we do three or four songs before we begin the word it's not a warm up it's not like, hey, Mr. DJ. You know, like, Like, we're, we're not just trying to warm you up to try to get to the Word. This isn't like the karaoke moment where we all kind of feel unified and we're all going to sing along. <laughs> like if your heart is hard and you're talking and you're kind of here and, and, and let me just tell you our church is not yuppie church so I just want to talk to you about it. yuppie church is hey how good how you doing okay cool I'm coffee all right cool oh girl how you doing and we're talking, talking 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 the whole time we want you to be in the lobby that's why we give out snacks almost every other Sunday come on this is a full gospel baby ain't nobody starving up in here but But don't come to me and say, the church is not challenging when you talk through every moment that we have. You're disengaged. You don't have the discipline to focus yourself. Come on. (laughs) Some people have come to be seen, and some people have come to surrender their life to God. And I just want to learn. I just want to focus on you. I came to do business. You hear what I'm saying? And so, yeah, what we're doing here is pretty significant, giving the highest praise. Come on, your worship, come on, flows out of, out of your heart. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, you're going to worship something. You're going to worship yourself. You're going to worship your kids. Come on, we like in church to talk about a lot of the heavy sins. But, but some parents, you, come, your idol is your children and you serve them and you surrender them and you bow down to them and God called you to lead them our worship come on listen we got to focus on God who is the author and finisher listen of our faith here's the second thing here's the second thing Paul tells us to accept what is profitable Okay, profitable. It's interesting that he uses an accounting a, a terminology. Let's read this. This is lengthy, lengthy, but I want you to get this. And I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of paraphrase a little bit for the sake of time, but I'll I'll start in verse four. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh, also if anyone thinks that he has reason for confidence in the flesh, Paul says, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, of the Hebrews of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee. In other words, I'm a, I'm a big deal, y'all. As to zeal, I, I persecuted the church. I tried to shut this thing down. As to righteousness under the law, I'm blameless. But, but seven and eight is very clear. Look at this. But whatever I have gained, in other words, all that I've done, everybody who's bragging on me, all the accolades, all the credentials, everything that I've done, whatever I've gained, I count it as loss for the sake of knowing Christ. In other words, this is a loss and this is profitable. Indeed, I count everything as a loss because of the suppressing worth of knowing Jesus. Come on, my Lord. Listen to this. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Come on, look, look at this everything that we make a big deal rubbish we got to bring rubbish back rubbish should be a trending word I feel like rubbish is just fun to say out of your mouth come on one two three rubbish yeah you'll feel weird saying it here's my question to you what would make you feel safe come on we have a world talking about safe make me feel safe what would make you as a believer feel safe and confident? Would it be making a certain amount of money? Would that help you be confident and safe? What about the ability to contextualize any situation so that you can break it down and give others clear understanding? Would, would, would that help you feel safe and confident? What about the ability to solve complex problems and, and, and be able to walk into a room and be a problem solver? Would, would that help you feel safe and confident. What about having an excellent bill, to, bill of health from the world's top physicians and doctors? W- would that help you feel safe? What, what about, what, would you feel safe if you were the strongest or the fastest or the best? But see, here's what happens. Paul is writing to us and he is saying that all of my credentials and everything that I've done was not profitable. Come on, you all run a business. Everybody here runs a business. You run the business of you. Come on, you ink. And you know what's profitable and not. How many of y'all? You had kids or you babysit? Come on, show me some love. All right. The claws that have all the toys in it that now cost $5 for a, 17 cent item. Come on. And all the kids that walk by it, (sighs) Daddy, can I have $25? Why? Because I want to get a 47 cent token toy that's going to break five seconds after I get it. It's not profitable. There are some things that we're engaging in that are just are not profitable, and we're thinking that they're gonna—it's gonna make us safe and confident. But Paul is saying it's actually not gonna be safe and confident. Come on, at all. There is something more prof- profitable. It is Jesus. He is better, stronger, and fuller. Come on. In other words, don't fall into the trap of good works. There are many false religions that sound like they have similarities to Christianity. And I want you to know that the enemy wants you to believe. Oh, it doesn't matter what you believe is. We're all going somewhere. We all going somewhere. Listen, we've got to remember. That we are not in a religion, we are in a relationship. Jesus gives us grace and salvation freely. Paul had a real reason to boast, but something in him changed. It was no longer about what he did. Hear me, listen, lean into this. It's, it's not about what you do. Many of you in this place are doing great things nonprofits, charitable work. You're doing great things. But you are not saved by what you do. You're not saved by serving. You're not saved by helping. You're not saved by working. Listen, we do because Jesus did. We do out of a response of what he did for us because what Jesus did was enough. Look, it's enough. And believers struggle with, come on, you want me to talk about the dirty, dirty? Dirty? You want me to talk about dirty, dirty? Self-sufficiency. Self-righteousness. Self-sufficiency isn't always in the category of terrible sins. But I will tell you, an unsubmitted heart will bring in every temptation in time. Paul tells us that self-sufficiency isn't profitable and each of us have to understand the difference between what is true profit and what is lost. Don't bring to God all you've done. I bet you're glad I'm in church today, big boy. I could have stayed home. Paul was like, I had it all and people applauded it all but I had nothing. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Like I had nothing. Instead of bringing God all that you've done, rather rejoice in all that he has done. Except, come on somebody, what is profitable? Here's the third and the last. Is you've got to know his power. Paul ends this last two verses. Philippians 3, 10 and 11. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and that I may share, listen to this, in his sufferings becoming like him unto death that means that by any means possible that I may attain the resurrection from the dead Paul is showing us what is the most important and here it is the most important thing is I want to be like Jesus I want to be like Jesus, like that's the goal. And he's like, listen, let's quiet all the disruption and all the drama in church. There is something bigger happening than pettiness and personalities and performance-based believers. You can know his power. See, the Holy Spirit has been given to each one of us to encourage us and to help us overcome. And that is the power of Jesus. And that power raises Christ, come on, from the dead, that it raised him from the dead. Look at this, Acts chapter 10, verse 45. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because of the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. Paul didn't want to live an average life. Come on. The posture of our heart is important. And so here's what I need you to know. All of us, we're all family, but we're all in different spiritual places. So some of you, your biggest thing that you're working on right now is just consistency to church. And some of you, what you're working on right now is opening your heart and trusting people. And some of you, what you're working on is giving and tithing. And some of you, what you're working on is stepping into community. And some of you, what you're working on is overcoming offense. And some of you, what you're working on, and all of us are constantly in process. And I need you to know that while your problems are very real, the person to the left and right of you, that their stuff is real too. And not everything that you experience every single day is about you. People are going through stuff. That's why you don't let certain people. That's why you don't let self-sufficiency. And that's why you don't let, come on, other things creep up and steal the joy. Here's the idea. Paul is saying, there's been a transformation happen in me. And if you've been in church, listen, and there's a difference between attending church... And giving your life to the Lord. See, when you give your life to the Lord, there should be a moving from darkness to light. There, there, and, and I get it. Paul had a, a crazy transformational you know, a moment. He was knocked to the ground. Uh, uh, Jesus began to speak to him audibly. You know, he was blinded for a moment. And maybe you're like, "Okay, that didn't happen to me." But still, driving in your car, a moment in church sitting outside and all of a sudden the presence of God comes on you and you know dude this is not a game and I have a decision to make am I going to move from the domain of Satan in two, come on, a marvelous kingdom, a marvelous light full of the Father and the Father's love. Is there going to be a change in me from the desire to sin and hide my sin and shame or to be free and walk a new life? Paul's faith was the thing that made him safe and confident. And I love what he says at the end. Here's the, I'm just paraphrasing, but it's almost like he's saying, I will walk a harder road so that the same power that worked in Jesus would flow through me. Here's what I'm asking you. Can you walk back into your boss? and allow the power of the Lord to flow through you? Can you walk back into your family? Can you walk back into your marriage? Can you walk back into church? Can you walk back into some things? Not because it's right or fair or whatever, but because the Holy Spirit, come on, is now empowering me to do what I couldn't do. Listen, He refreshes the tired. He fills the weak. You've got to know His power. So here's the thing. In just a second, they're going to lead us in a worship song are you safe are you confident that's the question are certain people come on the reality is that we don't have to live triggered by all the resentment and revenge and replaying all the things that have happened to us. There are certain people, listen, that aren't even in your life anymore that are holding you back. And Paul is saying, listen, it's not about those people. Self-sufficiency. Y'all need to know me, I'm I'm somebody. Yes, you have value in God, and we love you, and you think we think you're great. No, but I I, I think I'm God's gift to this church. I'm actually, God's gift to every place I go. Okay, <laughs> come on. The reality is, God, it's not in my flesh. It's not in my own power. And God, I need you way more than I give you credit and I put on a good face and I Instagram it up with the best of them but I actually need you and God I'm broken and I can't do it without you come on come on what about the last one confidence in other things come on how many of y'all know it ain't the car it ain't the girl it ain't the guy it ain't the house it ain't the money all of that stuff none of that will make you feel safe and confident for a long time so as we end this, come on, what are the certain people? What is the self-sufficiency? And what is the confidence in stuff that God is saying, I need you to change your posture? Come on, stand up with me. Come on, stand up with me. Come on, we're, we're going we're gonna to minister. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the contact us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.